Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 84. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs who run a business while traveling full-time in an RV. I'm recording today's episode from a little city campground outside of Portland, Maine, where we've been hanging out for the past week. And we're actually going to be spending our next month. We have the generator running outside, and I closed all the windows so there wasn't a bunch of wind and loud noise coming into the RV. So I'm sitting up here in the front seat, sweating my butt off, not because the weather's bad in Maine. It's actually quite amazing, actually, but all the windows are closed. I'm not getting any breeze. But this is the nature of how I've recorded a bunch of podcasts for the RV Entrepreneur. I'm hiding away, tucked in campgrounds, boondocking in different places. Today, we're actually in an overflow parking lot. We're not even in the campground uh, per se where all the campers are where we've been the past couple of days because we're flying out super early tomorrow morning. We have a week-long video shoot in Colorado with uh, Winnebago. And so we'll be flying out there and doing some work out there with them. And we've got to find a place to leave our RV while we're out of it, which is, side note, one of the hardest and most difficult challenges that we faced on the road. And I mean, I would have never thought of it before, but anytime we need to fly somewhere, which happens more than you think, we have to find a place to park the RV. And what we've actually ended up doing that has worked out pretty well in the past is to find a service shop. And even if we need something as small as an oil change, we'll go drop it off for service and let them know that we're going to be gone. And they usually have large parking lots, so it's no big deal for them to leave the RV there. But the last time we did that, they overcharged us. It was a huge pain in the butt. And that was the first time we had really gotten burned on that deal. We got back to the RV. All of our batteries were shot. And so luckily, the city park here was okay with letting us park our rig for 10 bucks a night. It's in a safe part of town. I'm not really worried about it. And uh, it's kind of nice because we're going to fly out super early tomorrow morning, go to Colorado for a week, and then jump back in our rig up here in Maine, and then spend a month in Bar Harbor. So if you happen to be in this part of the country, give us a shout. Today's episode, I am featuring Brianna Royal again, who is the first three-peat guest on this podcast. I just, I really adore you, Brianna. I think you're awesome, and I give you mad props for traveling in a really small RV with your entire family and running your business on the road. You're super mom, and today is actually Brianna's talk from our last RV Entrepreneur Summit. We released our early bird tickets for RVE Summit 2018, which we're hosting in Fredericksburg, Texas, February 22nd through the 25th. And we sold out of those early bird tickets in a little less than two hours, which is amazing. And we'll be releasing another 80 tickets. So if you're interested in coming to that, you can go to the RVEntrepreneur.com and join our wait list. The next batch of early bird tickets are going on sale September 5th. And so you can enter on the wait list and we'll shoot you an email. You'll be the first one to get an email whenever those tickets go live. And I would love to hang out. I'm really stoked for our next summit in-person conference. We have a really awesome lineup of speakers, including people who you've heard on this podcast and some who you haven't, like Technomadia has been on an earlier episode of this podcast. They've been traveling around the country for over 10 years and recently bought a boat, but still RV as well. They built several apps. They built a really cool blog in the industry. Then I have some people who you may never have heard of, uh, like some folks named Paul and Caroline from Vintage Camper Trailers. They have a magazine, a popular website, Facebook page, and Paul restores old vintage camper trailers. And he'll be coming to talk about how they were able to turn that hobby into a business on the road. So everybody who's coming to speak at the summit 
has been running some type of business integrated into the RVing lifestyle. And we'll be talking about a lot of things that we talk about on the podcast, building a business from the road and why people decided to go live this nomadic life. So even if you haven't bought an RV yet, even if you're still in the dreaming phase or you're on your inaugural road trip, last year we had a bunch of people who was their first road trip ever, would love to see you at the next RV Entrepreneur Summit. If you have any questions at all leading up to our next batch of tickets being released, shoot me an email, heath at campgroundbooking.com. We'll be happy to answer any questions you have. A few things that Brianna covers in her talk from our last RV Entrepreneur Summit is transitioning to work on the road, having a remote job versus running your own business. When they first left, Craig was working full-time in a job and he actually transitioned into their full-time business, which is Virtual Powerhouse, a virtual assistant business powering everything from social media, email marketing, and a lot of other things that Brianna runs and has several other virtual assistants that work under her in her business building a business around your lifestyle, getting referrals from current clients to grow your business, and pushing your comfort zone to live a crazy family adventure. I know Brianna and her family just spent some time up in Banff National Park, and they really have been living a crazy family adventure. I know that's the name of their blog, and it's meant to be cutesy, but it's true. They have four kids, six people total, and two dogs living in a 23-foot Winnebago. And just mad props to her. She's super mom. She was able to build a business, transition into that full time on the road and sustain their life. And so there's a lot of really great takeaways from her talk, including how she embraces her own weirdness and the fact that she acknowledges that the far majority of people will never do what she does, but that's okay. All right, let's get into today's episode with Brianna. So this is us right now, and this is in our new to us rig. We've been in it for about a week. So if you go on our Facebook page, it's Crazy Family Adventure, you can see a walkthrough. We'll also be doing the RV walkthrough today at 2.30, so if you're interested in checking it out, then you can um, come see it. But all right, so let me get into kind of how we ended up in this place. So my husband, Craig, is over there taking my picture video. That's him right there. Um, so we do have our kids here with us. So if you see just me, it's because he's with our kids. My parents are actually with us here now, so they have the kids right now, so you could be here. But we are high school sweethearts, been dating before we could even drive our cars. And um, so grew up, basically grew up together and um, kind of built your typical American dream. We built the perfect house. We went to college. We got married. You know, we did all of that. And we got into this perfect house, you know, 27 square feet, you know, a half acre pool, the whole deal. And went, we are spending all of our time fixing the house. We are spending all of our time, you know, working to make money on the house. Like, there's got to be something else out there. So we had been talking since our oldest was um, two that we were going to homeschool. So when you homeschool, guess what? There's no one setting a schedule for you, right? Like we don't have to be on a school schedule or anything like that. So we decided like, okay, we've got this big opening. What are we going to do with our life? And I know people want to know about it because, you know, with kids, we unschool. So I'm going to leave it at that because I could talk about unschooling for hours. So if you're interested in more about unschooling, please go ahead and Google it or come find me. I can tell you more about it. But that is what we do with our kids is we unschool. So it basically means freedom all the time. So we started looking at these different options. And my sister, who I'm very close with, was kind of in the same boat with her kids. So we started talking and we came across these families that were traveling full time with four kids. And we're like, that's really cool. There's no way we could do that, but that's awesome. So it kind of started looking at it like they're crazy. Started looking into it a little bit more and then, um, you know, did some research and kind of started thinking, well, maybe what we could do is we could buy a rig, we could buy a duplex with my sister and her family, and then we could go travel now and then and come back to the duplex and, you know, that's, that's not too crazy. Yeah, maybe we could do that. So we bought a Class C motorhome, a 29-foot one. You know, at the time, like, that was small. Okay, 29-foot motorhome, and we took a trip down to Florida. And about five days into it, I called my sister and I said, 
Megan, what do you think about doing this full time? You know, you know you got a good sister, and she says, that sounds awesome. <laughs> so that's what we did. We came back, we packed up our house, we packed up all of our stuff, we sold it, we um, bought a bigger rig because we thought we needed this 39-foot huge motor, you know, motor home. Bought that, my sister and her family did the same thing, and we actually moved out to a Jellystone in, Kenosha, or in Racine, Wisconsin, which you can tell from my accent, from Wisconsin. Um, moved in, which I didn't know I had an accent until I hit the road. I'm like, but, um, <laughs> everyone's like, are you from Minnesota? I'm like, Wisconsin. Um, so we moved into a Jellystone resort just like this, and we had our rig right here, and my sister and her family had their rig right next to us. Our doors faced each other. So when we went there, so the people that own the Jellystone did not really know that we were going to come and live there. They knew we were buying a seasonal site. What do people in seasonal sites normally do? They come out every weekend. So we told them, well, we're coming, we're living here. And the owner said, what? I was like, well, we told the person we talked to on the phone, it was like their employee, and they're like, oh, okay. So we got to see all the behind the scenes stuff that happens at these resorts when no one else is there. But so we moved in and we pulled in a trailer and you would not believe what we unloaded. A mini trampoline that we had had in our yard for the kids to jump on and play in. A standing sandbox. Like, you know, this was going to be our house. And of course we figured like coming from all this space, we had all this stuff. You know, big deck boxes full of toys. Yeah. We tried to keep it, you know, looking, you know, as nice as we could and organized and everything like that. But we'd have these, you know, other people coming for the weekend walking by just staring at our site. Like, what is going on here? But we were the ones that could sit there then on a Sunday with our feet kicked up and, you know, wave at them all as they left. <laughs> we don't have to back up. We don't have to leave. We're staying here. So I've been a vegetarian for four years. And I'll tell you what, living there and smelling bacon every Saturday and Sunday morning while everyone was grilling out has been my most tempting time to not be a vegetarian. And plus, we also started drinking a whole lot more and eating a lot more chips and salsa and things like that. Because at a campground, that's what people do. So especially in Wisconsin, I should say at least. Um, but so there was a little bit of a transition period. But anyways, we moved into this Jellystone with the plan of being there from May until October when in Wisconsin campgrounds close because it gets really, really cold. So when we moved into it, we had no idea what we were going to do in October. We didn't know how we were going to continue this lifestyle. We just knew we wanted to do it. So we got into it. At the time when we were there, my husband was still working full-time in Kenosha, so he would commute in. It was about 25, 30 minutes to go work at the University of Wisconsin Parkside. So he had a very typical job. It was, he was in their IT department there. So he just went and did his 9 to 5, and I stayed home with the kids, and you know, kind of what we had done in a house anyways. But what happened is that us getting out of our house, closing out our debt, we had some credit card debt, we had things like that. When we sold the house, we could take care of all of that. Just opened the door for us to be able to say, now what? Now what are we going to do? So our thought was always like, well, worst comes to worst. Mom, Dad, we're moving in with you. <laughs> and then we'll figure it out. We knew we wanted to get on the road full time, but until then, you know, we had that as a, as a stepping stone until they decided to sell their house and join us on the road. But that's on the road. So anyway, so we were able to do that. And as we were sitting there, you know, the first month in, you just get used to it. Then we said, you know what? We're going to start a travel blog. Our travel blog is going to fund our travels. A travel blog takes a whole lot of work and a whole lot of time to happen. So it's we knew that was kind of the case. We had figured that out. So I started to talk about starting a business that we could have some extra money. So I started a business called virtualpowerhouse.com where I do social media and blogging, newsletters, things like that for small businesses. It was kind of just a hobby, extra money at the time. What Craig did is he went into his work and he said, hey guys, what do you guys think about me working remote? 
I'm in computers. I don't need to be here. How does that sound? His boss looks at him and says, you know, you're crazy, but okay. So then he went back another time. What do you think about me working remote? So he kind of got this idea in his boss's head. Now, I want everyone to know he, no one else in his company works remote. It's a government job. It's for University of Wisconsin. No one else works remote. Yet he was an awesome employee, and he was able to go in and have this conversation with his boss and say, How, why not? Why couldn't I do this? Let's see if we can make this work. So luckily his boss was able to work with him. He was a great employee. They wanted to keep him on. So they kind of started this conversation. It went up, up, the, up to the chancellor, and he got it approved to be able to take his job on the road. So his regular 9 to 5 on the road. Bad part was we had to be back every fourth week so he could work in the office. We could be gone three weeks and then come back and you have to work in the office. So it's like, well, that's awesome. this is awesome. Like, we can hit the road. So we got it on the road and he did that. So, you know, being the one who always wants to push the envelope a little bit, I kept thinking, like, well, okay, three weeks just doesn't work. Let's try to go for more. So he went back to his boss again. <laughs> hey, this is great. You know, this is going awesome. This is great. But what do you think about if we extended it a little bit more? So maybe I can be gone eight weeks instead of, you know, three weeks. He said, yes. All right, awesome. So we're on the road. He's, you know, we can be out of the road and he's got to be back. So we're doing our traveling, you know, hitting all these different places. But then when we started to realize, again, overachiever here a little bit, um, started to realize we didn't like that he had to be sitting at his desk all day. This is not why we did this. So by the time, well, granted, time zone things too. You know, he was working sometimes late at night, early morning. We didn't want that. We wanted more freedom. So we started talking about, how about this? How about you go back to your boss again? and say, hey, can I just work part-time? We can survive on part-time, like, let's make that work. So we went and asked, and the boss drew the line. Sorry, we've done everything we can do, we can't do part-time for you. He said, okay, all right, we understand, that's fine. So we made the decision for me to start to grow my business and have that be our sole income. So we gave ourselves six months. So six months for me to grow my business and to make this happen. So no pressure, you know, anything like that. But um, yeah, so we set a date of six months because we just, I'm not, patient, so we wanted to make it happen. So we buckled down and we did it. So let me give you guys a tip here. If you're going to build a business, don't go stay in Yellowstone National Park. Because there is no internet to be had unless you work from midnight until 5 a.m. So yes, I worked from midnight until 5 a.m. in Yellowstone because that's when we got a little bit of you know internet. So some of those things you learn on the road. But anyway, so we made this decision to go ahead and start to build this business. So I was able to do it, and, and a lot of the things that came with building this business was, number one, I had no background in being an entrepreneur. I, my parents were retired school teachers. I grew up like your typical, like, you know, you go to school, you do your nine to five, you do all that, like no background in it, but figured, you know what, other people are doing it, I can figure it out. So when I went out there to start to build this business, I really had to push my comfort zone. And I will tell you guys, from the minute that this business became what was gonna be our sole income, I had a stomach ache, a constant stomach ache for that six months. But you know what? I also had this huge adrenaline rush. So like my whole family went through, everyone got the flu. I didn't get it. I'm like, how am I not getting the flu? Like I'm sleeping like four hours a night. But this adrenaline just kept me moving forward. And the biggest thing about it is always putting one foot in front of the other. So I'd get a client that I was like, holy crap, I got to write like posts about pellet grills? I'm a vegetarian. All they do is cook meat. How am I going to do this? But it was that idea of like, of course I can do it. One foot in front of the other. And what I started realizing is once you start doing that, your comfort zone goes from this to this to this to this. And it just continues to grow and grow and grow. 
And that's exactly what happened. So I continued to grow my client base. And if you're looking to start a business, the best thing that I found for me was getting that first client. How do you get that first client? You know, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I've never done this before. My clients are going to know I'm their, you know, they're my first client. So I reached out to friends and family and said, hey, who, you know, would be interested in this? And one of my friends and family was. And it was like, awesome, great. So what I did is I offered him my services for a month for free. Completely free for the first month. So by offering it for free, guess what they did? It gave me a chance to take a deep breath and say, if I mess up, it was free. <laughs> you know, he's not out too much. But if I don't, then here's a chance for me to grow my business. So about, you know, I was very upfront with it. I'll do first month free, about three weeks, and I'll come back to you. So I came back to him and I said, okay, you know, we're ready to figure out. And I gave him my prices. And he looked at me and said, hmm, I don't think this is going to work. How about this? And it was so awesome having a true client be able to tell me this is what I'll pay. This is what will work for me. So it was very helpful to have that free client first and then to build, you know, my business from there. So from there then, I had my first client. This was 30 days into, you know, really wanting this business to be something. And I had my first client. And then you know what? I have never, and it's been two and a half years since I've had my business, I have never launched my business. Never launched it. So, well, well, what the heck? How did that happen? So by not launching it, it's because I get referrals. Everything I do is from referrals. So every client that I work with, I always go above and beyond. I probably should be charging more. I probably should. I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm here to just serve my clients and get you know, what we need from it. So I get referrals. So people refer me. If they refer me, they get a discount, you know, a monthly discount. And it's just grown that way. And there's been times when I've lost, like, my top client that was, you know, bringing in, you know, 40% of our income, and I lost them. I was like, ah, now what? But it's the same thing. You just get back on the horse. <laughs> you start reaching out to people. You reach out to current clients, ask for referrals. So things have kind of just really started to grow from there. But so that's what happened with the business, how we got it up the road. So at this point now, we're six months in. The business is making enough money that we think we can do this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we really can, but hey, what the heck. So we think we can do it. So Craig goes back to his boss. Now, they, they don't know this is coming. He goes back to his boss and says, you know, you've been really awesome. You know, thanks for letting me do this. But I'm going to put in my notice because, you know, we want to just really have this freedom. Who can tell me what his boss said? Do you want to go part-time? Yeah. What? Are you kidding me? I just spent six months busting my butt, and now you're going to tell us you could go part-time. Ah! But no, so it was a good thing. So he went down to part-time, which was nice. So then he was able to work part-time. We knew it was only going to be for about nine months. So we had nine months of working part-time, and then I also was building my business, so we were able to you know, put a little bit of money away and do things like that. But the, the point of that is just for anyone out there that has a job that's like, oh my gosh, like there's no way my boss or employee would let me do this, never say never. You never know if they're going to let you, if they're going to want to, or what's going to happen. So always be willing to ask the question. Sure, his boss could have came right back and said, sorry, we're going to fire you because, no, there's no way we could do that. We knew that was a chance that we were taking, but, again, it just shows that, you know, people do. You know, people, there's things that happen that you don't expect. Um, so, yeah, so the next thing with our business was our goal has always been for our travel blog to be our sole income. That's what we want. We realize that that's going to take years and time and focus to do. But what we've done is with the business we've grown with Virtual Powerhouse is we've built a business that aligns with blogging. So we do social media, website design, SEO work, things like that with our business. And guess what? You need all of those skills with the travel blog as well. So by offering our clients these services, we're also building our travel blog. And then I can practice stuff on our travel blog and then come do it for our clients. 
Or if I see something successful there, I can bring it over to our blog. So we've kind of continued to grow both businesses together. We have blogging clients, which has been nice, built relationships with amazing people like Heath and Alyssa through that. And there's just a lot that you can do with it. So if you're thinking of starting a business and you have a dream job that you want to do, you know, think about what can make you the money first so you can get on the road. Ours was always about being on the road. It wasn't about building a six-figure, you know, humongous business. It was just about traveling. But aligning it with our passion, our blog, has really helped us continue to go down that path. Um, so, yeah, so and our travel blog is Crazy Family Adventure. We have a YouTube channel we kind of keep up with. Um, our social media we try to be very active on, and it's just it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to do a blog, too. So I know Heath had sent some of the stuff out about people looking to want to build a travel blog or something like that when they got on the road. I'll tell you guys right now, it is a whole lot of work, <laughs> and you don't see a lot of returns at all. You know, but it's just, it's a lot of work, and it's really cool and inspiring to have people reach out to us and say, oh my gosh, I want to do what you do, please tell me, or oh, I'm so inspired by you, and it's a very cool thing to do, but just know that it is not financially <laughs> the smartest route to necessarily go from the beginning, but there's other benefits that come from it. All right, so the next thing is, we have four kids. So, we have, our kids are, if you tell from there, they're nine, seven, seven, and four. And then we have the two dogs as well. And building a business and traveling full-time with kids, you know, when it's just you and, you know, your spouse, it's kind of like, oh, you know, if we have to eat ramen noodles all day, like, whatever, who cares? You know, but when you have four kids, all of a sudden it's like, is CPS going to, like, come knock on our door and be like, what is wrong with you? You know, what's going on here? I'm like, no, 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 like, his parents have a really big house back in Wisconsin. You know, it's good, it's good. We can just go back there. You know, but you have these other fears that are in there. But the whole reason that we hit the road was to deepen our family bond, hands down. It was to deepen our family bond. Our goal was never to work 80 hours a week and build a six-figure business. It was never to do any of that. It was always about our kids and deepening our family bond. But being totally honest and open with you guys, that is hard. It is so hard when you're trying to travel. Yeah, you guys get it, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> it is not an easy thing. So here we are trying to build a business. I'm now this entrepreneur that I had no idea I was, and I'm like, this is so awesome. I want to go run and do da da da. But wait, I want to go by my kids. Da 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 da. But wait, I want to go travel. I mean, it's just, it's a constant, you don't know how to balance it. And I've talked to other people on the road that have families that basically said, you need to throw that word balance out the window. There is no such thing as balance, there just isn't. You just need to find what works for you and your family. And it's not about it being balanced, it's just what works for you and your family. So what we've been able to do is really work on putting together a plan that does work for us. And the way that we've done that is we try to lower our burn rate. So our burn rate is the amount of money that we need each month. So we want that burn rate to be as low as possible so the amount of money that we're bringing in can be low too. And when I look at our tax return, I'm like, holy crap, how did we travel full time with four kids and that's all the money we made? But you don't need that much. When I mean, you don't have that mortgage payment, we don't have like all these activity payments, we don't have all this stuff. We have a national park pass. You get in free at all the national parks, woo! We have a museum pass. You get in free at all the museums across the country. You know, there's, there's ways you can live this amazing life without having to do that. So lowering that burn rate has really been important to us. And in full disclosure, because if you go on our blog, we tell you all about how much money we make and what we spend and everything like that. Our goal is to be making $60,000 a year. And that $60,000 means that we're getting $5,000 a month from our business. And then, obviously, we have write-offs and things like that. So when it comes to tax time, it's a little bit lower. And 
We got our tax return this year, $5,000. Holy crap. If you have four kids, they give you back a lot of money. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, look at that. And those are the type of things that, like, we're so, like, out in the like. We didn't know that. We didn't plan for that. But, like, we got that money, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, things happen. But so in any case, so we're very open about the idea that you don't need a lot of money. You know, are we doing everything perfectly right? Are we putting a ton into retirement, things like that? No, we're not. But we will eventually. You know, I mean, there's things like that we just kind of had to let go of and say, it's okay. Like, we just want to focus on the traveling and our family and working less. So by doing that $5,000 a month, our goal is that I work 20 hours a week or less and Craig works 20 hours a week or less, and that's it. And that's what we make our focus on. So again, if you're looking to do this, yes, you can sit in your RV and work all day, but I'll tell you now, you don't want to. You don't want to be doing that. It's not what you're doing this for. So just getting out on the road and just enjoying being out there is what you know, really want to focus on. So what we've done is we've set it up. So you see this little uh, rig here. You see that little window in the corner of the passenger seat. That's my office. That's where I sit. So on Mondays for 12 to 14 hours, I sit there and the kids come and say, Mommy, I want this. Mommy, I want that. Mommy's working today. Go ask Daddy. Go ask Daddy. Go ask Daddy. So I have a day where I just focus on working, and it's one day a week that is my day to work and get pretty much everything done. And then Craig will have another day of the week that that's his day, and then the rest of the time we kind of, you know, take team and if we have other things to do. But we found that setting one day a week and also working with our clients to say, we are working one day a week. So if you have something for me, if you get to me on Wednesday and say, hey, can you do this for me? I'm going to say, I can, but it'll probably be on Monday. So kind of training our clients, too, to know that. And by having our own business, we can pick our clients. So if someone that doesn't work for someone, guess what? That's okay. You know, we're not going to work. That's okay. We'll go find another client who's okay with the schedule. So it's been very helpful to kind of figure out, like, okay, if we have one day a week. Because you know how many people want to, can you get on a conference call? I'm like, no, I can't. We're going to the National Park on Thursday. But on Monday, I can. Like, I know that day is there. So it's very helpful to have a day that we can do that. Um, so what we've also done, too, is as we continue to be on the road, is you're always looking for other opportunities to make money. So now with our blog, we've continued to grow our blog. We're continuing to look at monetizing that, getting different advertisers, you know, things like that reaching out to us. And we've also started to put a course together that we're going to be rele releasing soon. We've made some T-shirts. We've done some random things as well. And being on the road and living in this lifestyle, it just gives you that opportunity because you don't have such a big overhead that we can put ourselves out there and try these things. So if anyone's thinking about getting on the road, like just – just get on the road, and then you'll figure the rest out. I promise. It'll, it'll happen. <laughs> so the 10 things that we've learned since being on the road that we wish we would have known before we started. So the first thing is expectations. Things will not be perfect. This is not about that ideal picture of sitting under a palm tree with a margarita in your hand and your laptop sitting there working. No. <laughs> this is sitting in a grocery store parking lot with your hotspot hanging out the window, hoping you can get on the Skype video you're supposed to be on with the client. That's the reality of what this life is like. <laughs> that is totally the reality of it. So know that that is it. And, and don't get me wrong, on my course I have a picture of palm trees and someone sitting, yeah, yeah. That's what people think it is, but that's the reality of it. And the second thing is the unknown stresses. So we're sitting at Fishing Bridge in Yellowstone National Park, so you know the closest grocery store is like two hours away, and my computer will not turn on. The closest I, um, Apple store, six hours away. Hmm. Now what? I don't even know my freaking passwords. They're all on my computer. I don't know what to do. So luckily, Craig had a computer, and I was able to, you know, get on it and make it work. But it's things like that that just come up that you're not expecting. And you would think in the U.S. there's internet everywhere. 
Not even close. So things like that, too, that you're just not anticipating. Those are stresses that will come up. But as you live this life, you start to realize you just got to ebb and flow with them. You know, you figure it out as you go. The third thing is, this is a constant battle that you are not on vacation. And also that this lifestyle is not going to fix everything. We didn't get on the road at all and holy crap, parenting is easy now. No. <laughs> it's still the same. You still have bedtimes. You still have people get sick. You still have things like that happen. So it is definitely not like the magic pill to make all your worries and troubles go away. And I know when we first started, it was definitely for me this big like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so awesome. Everything's going to be great. It's going to be blah, blah, blah. It is and it isn't. So it was just good that we finally kind of figured that out and we're learning what that means. Um, I know I talked before about balance. So number four is balance. You just, especially with kids, just, she, 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 gets, she gets it. It doesn't exist. That's, that's all right. We'll just leave that one there. All right, the fifth thing is we are weird. <laughs> yes. Woo. We are weird, and that is a good thing. So basically, throw out almost everything mainstream tells you to do and do you. That's it. That's all that it comes down to. And, and like, I mean, when you look at us, like, we kind of look like your typical family, you know, like your typical American, like, whatever. But then you start talking to us, and people are just kind of like, <laughs> 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 yeah. and we're the ones that will tell you, yes, our kids sleep in our bed with us. Oh, gosh, they say oh. that? Yes, they sleep in our bed with us. Like, we are happy to, like, you know, say it to the world. Like, let them know. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be you. It's okay to live your life. And we are proud to be weird and different, and it's a good thing. All right, the sixth thing is freedom. So when you're living a nine to five and someone's telling you what to do, where to go, what to, you're like, I just, I just want to be free. I just want to make my own decisions. But you know what? Once you get that freedom, it's freaking hard and confusing. You get, you get up in the morning, you're like, well, what am I going to do today? I could work or I could hang out with my kids or I could still lay in bed or I could go to the grocery store or we could go, we could go to California today. What are we going to do with our time? And it's just very confusing. And we didn't expect that. We didn't know that this freedom was going to cause so much internal stress and internal growing and internal like, well, what the heck? You know, like, I don't know what to do. So it's been, it was interesting, like, going through that. And my husband kind of looks at me when I talk about freedom, and he's like, just don't talk about that. It just doesn't make sense. And I'm like, it's because to you it doesn't, but to me, my brain is going 100 miles. You know, so everyone's different in how they kind of look at things. And for us, like, that freedom piece, especially for me, is challenging. And it still is to this day. So, like, know when you get in this world, when all of a sudden you wake up and you're in your RV and you're like, we did it. Now what? <laughs> you know? And it is just such a reality, and it still, after three years, has not gone away. And we obviously keep changing what we're doing. Um, so the next thing is number seven, networking, masterminding, and finding clients. Like Keith and Alyssa with this group, like, it's amazing. There are other weird people out there who you can build a community with, like right here. And there's also mastermind groups with other entrepreneurs that are also living a life on the road. Um, that you can get together with. There's different ways to network, and it's important to do that. Um, with the family, there's other RVing families out there. There's a full-time family group that's all just for families RVing that also you know, are going through a lot of the same things. So really finding that community, I think, is very important when you're out on the road. So number eight, once you start pushing your comfort zone, you're never going to stop. So there are times when I tell myself, and I'll tell my husband, do you wish you would have married someone that would have just let you just sit in your house and go to the bar every weekend and that was it? 
because sorry, that's not me. <laughs> you know, but that's what it is. Is it's just you start to see your comfort zone grow, and then there's always something else you want to do and pursue and push it to. And part of me says we need to stop doing that a little bit and enjoy where we are. And the other part of me says this is so addictive. Like I love it. Like what else could we do? Let's go live in Thailand for a year. You know, there, yeah. <laughs> there's always things that you can continue to do and continue to push. And that kind of led us to this. So a 39-foot motorhome with four slide-outs. We got so darn comfortable in that thing. It was like an apartment on wheels. We never left. We'd sit inside for like days on end. And we're like, we did not do this to sit inside all day. The kids on their tablets playing Xbox, you know, whatever, us working. Like, that's not what we did it for. What can we do to push our comfort zone? A 23-foot Class C motorhome. There you go. So <laughs> we're a weekend, we're still in the honeymoon phase, things are good, but we love it. Winnebago, awesome product, very happy with it. <laughs> highly, highly recommend it, we've been very happy with it so far. So, but yeah, so just again, an example of continuing to push our comfort zone. Um, the next thing is, I talked a little bit about number nine, is your burn rate. If you are someone who has a lot of money or wants to make a lot of money, spend a lot of money, more power to you, go for it, have fun with it, I'm happy for you. If you're not, and that's not what your focus is, which ours is not, to make six figures, ours is to just make what we can live on, lower your burn rate. Do everything you can to not have as much money or need as much money each month. So we belong to like a thousand trails, which is a club, if you've heard of it, where you can go and you buy a membership. We bought a used one, do not buy a new one, buy a used membership. Bought a used membership when we go to these campgrounds, we basically stay for free, literally for free, full hookups. But I will forewarn you, these are not nice campgrounds. <laughs> yeah, he's laughing, you, you know. Um, they're not nice campgrounds, but again, it's just a way for us to say we could go and stay for free for six weeks and not pay for our campsite. Like, that's a good thing for us that we know we have that if we maybe went and spent too much money doing something else. So just that idea of finding those ways that you can keep it. Our, tel our phones are on straight talk, so we have like $60 a month for our cell phones. That's it. And it's just finding those little ways that you can really lower your burn rate and what you're spending. And on our blog, I do have a post about how we afford to travel full-time that I literally list out like, what we pay you know, each month for everything, and then um, do some budgeting for a couple months too where it kind of shows that. And if you have any questions, you know, please let us know because to us, that's just a big one. We want to work less and play more. So really aiming to do that by lowering our burn rate. And then the 10th thing, which has been extremely hard for me, and hard, again, in this stupid word balance, is stopping to appreciate what we have done. Stopping to look back and say, holy crap, like, look at all these things we've done. Like, we've been doing this for almost three years with our four kids and our two dogs, and this is crazy. Let's stop and just appreciate. Let's stop pushing the comfort zone. Let's stop trying to do this or that, and let's just really appreciate what we've done. And if you're someone that is an entrepreneur, you know that that's hard. Because your mind is constantly going to the next best thing. What else can we do with it? So it's really bringing that down a little bit and saying, like, you know, no. Like, let's just sit here and enjoy this and be happy with it and appreciate it. So the last thing is, if you want to do this with your life, stop waiting for the perfect time or thinking that anything could go wrong. Don't live in your head of that idea like, oh my gosh, like we could go somewhere and like my kids could get bit by a bug and like we could be in the hospital and whatever because guess what? 20 years from now, you could look back and see none of those things ever happened, but you never left that comfort zone because you were so worried that they were going to happen. So instead of living with that fear that things might happen, just go out and know there's probably a pretty darn good chance they are going to happen, but you'll figure it out. So live for the moment and live for what you're doing now. So just embrace it, go for it, and it, guess what? If you get on the road and you hate it, which may happen, there's times we hate it, you can always go back 
to living your old life, but you'll never have this time back again. So <laughs> the thing with this that I didn't realize would happen either was that once you awaken this wonderlust in you, your feet will never stop itching. So be prepared for that. So if you're not ready for itchy feet, just stay where you're at, stay comfortable, whatever. If you're ready for the itchy feet, then hit the road and make it happen, and I don't think you will regret it. So that's it. That's our story. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this talk from our last RV Entrepreneur Summit. If you want to leave a review for this podcast, if it's helped you, encouraged you in any way, I would so love to hear from you guys in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can just go click on subscribe and leave a review. It would mean the world to me and it helps more people find the show. So I thank you guys and I appreciate you giving me your time and your ears and I'll see you guys next week on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.